Dwarf has been recorded in front of a studio audience, and it finished about an hour and six minutes ago as I speak. I'm Ian Symes, and I wasn't there. But G&T's Danny Stevenson was, along with our friend Jess Harrison of the official Red Dwarf fan club, and as they are both now in my house and bursting to talk about what they've seen, we thought we'd do this week's set report as a dwarf cast. Yay. 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 We'll be doing this while trying our damnedest to adhere to G&T's spoiler policy, and if you're discussing this dwarf cast on the site, please ensure your comments do likewise. So, first question, was it good? It was good. I it, really enjoyed it. It was Red Dwarf. It was good. That is an accolade <laughs> We may be quite tired. <laughs> this is probably not... Uh, I'm headed. So yeah, it's really good. It well, was bloody amazing. We'll get into that a bit later in more detail, but first, uh, what about tonight's audience? Was it full? Because uh, I've heard on Twitter that there were a lot of standby tickets. Was anyone turned away? Uh, it doesn't look like it. Not it that was, we're aware of, no. But they were close to completely filling all the seats, from what I could tell. It, there was like I could see uh, maybe three seats empty. And I, yeah. I was really trying to look for empty seats. So I think there was they were nearly for two capacity. Yeah. I, I mean, we were, we were definitely talking single digits of empty seats, if if any. Good. Yeah. Um, who was the warm-up tonight? Ray. Ray. Ray Peacock. Good. Yay. Ray Peacock. He was good. He was. Uh, he got rather impatient due to the fact that lots of stuff was shooting between one set and the next adjacent right. set, and then back again. Yeah. And he was, was like, "Oh, there must be a better way of doing that." <laughs> <laughs> but for the sake of the audience, it was uh, sort of shot quite in order, so it was very movie, you know, doing stop this shot. Start. It's very, very stop start. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it was because they were trying to keep the scenes in order. There were a few jokes that definitely relied on reveals and things like that, so yeah. keeping them in order definitely worked for the audience. That's good, because <laughs> I remember when I went to see Trojan, half the episode, we got we got like, the first ten minutes and the last ten minutes and the middle <laughs> yeah. ten minutes. It kind of ruined yeah. the gags. Yeah, we had a late start as well, actually, because there was actually a... Um, there were no less than three false fire, fire alarms, alarms that we're aware of. I saw one tweet about that. And it yeah. Um, it we just don't basically, know. we just apparently they just said, "Oh, we're gonna have to we have to wait a little bit because um, um, the the fire alarm is basically just kicked off and we, do, we it wasn't to that studio. It was just obviously like a zone thing, and we'd had to wait for that to be cleared or be you know considered safe before they had to let anyone in. Yeah, but given the nature um, of it, and then it was they said that we're gonna test the fire alarm again while we're in there. And Which they we didn't. never heard a single thing, a so that was disconcerting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just disconcerting, and then and then Tung Tai came on, and Ray went, "That's not the fire alarm. That's Danny singing. That's not the fire alarm." So yeah, it was really good. So what time did it get started then? Roughly? I, d- I didn't. I mean, my phone was off by the time oh, I actually think so. Our, I didn't actually have a thing. Our asses impacted seats at exactly eighteen forty. <laughs> good, good note taking. I think yeah, he's taken some extensive notes on the so, back okay, of an envelope. So, Arses on seats, so presumably it started actually turning over about seven-ish. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, um, it was trying to introduce Doug. Um, Doug came out. Um, was very, very Doug, Doug spoiled his very, own very, very entrance. Briefly, actually. Yeah, he kind of just sort of like poked his head out and everyone just went, ooh, ooh. And then he just <laughs> kind of disappeared again. And then he came out and did a thing and just said, hi guys, it's great to be here. Da, 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 da. And then... In fact, he wasn't even very strong on his usual "don't be spoilery cunts" kind of speech. It was more a "hello, I'm Doug. Right, enjoy yourself." Yeah, well, yeah basically. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just kind of did his thing and went away, and then they had. Um, it was uh, nice to see him. Yeah. Then it was Chris, Craig, Danny, then Bobby. And, and then there was there was no sight of Doug for the entirety of the rest of the recording. I believe no. it was up in the gallery. gantry. Yeah, gallery. I gallery. keep saying gantry. Not the gantry. It's not the gantry. Right up the gantry. Um. Oh, and Danny got caught in the curtain as well while Doug was coming out. That was quite amusing. <laughs> yes. 
But were they, what were they cast like? Were they in good form and ever they were interested? They were. Um, you could you could see not that their energy dropped towards the end of the filming, but that they were starting to get annoyed by themselves and by things taking longer, that kind yeah. of thing. Right. Yeah, because it was a long one, wasn't it? Yeah, really long. Towards the end, they were sort of the point where they weren't even bothering to stop, take and start again. They were literally just going, right, okay, I'll go back a line, start again. Okay, go back a line, right. start again. Grinding, doing it, that and grinding it on until the scene was done. Mm-hmm. And then once they'd kind of gone through the whole scene, they'd probably have a go at doing the whole scene again. And even then, they still flubbed a few lines and kind of sort of stopped, started again, but nothing like, okay, turn over, da, 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 start again from scratch. And it was all kind of, that was towards the end. They did redo a few um, stuff for just the sake of um, uh, just different angles and stuff yeah. obviously just to and pick up some more, more coverage yeah just coverage really and then so, towards the end it was more of a case of just let's get this fucking scene done because yeah. it was just getting to the end and everyone was like was it a, a particularly complex uh, production or was it just that there was a lot of smug ups uh, I think just, it, 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 you weren't out until uh, about 5 to 11 you were yeah mm. That's a long time. Yeah, to be in there. Uh, yeah. I think it, I, I, I've heard someone say it was the longest they've run to, like in terms of actual like, overrun. Ray was making comments to those. Yeah, to yeah. The, that sounds right from what we've heard from the yeah. first few reports. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. What do you think? It's, it's, that? I mean, it was it, there was lots of uh, played in VT as well. So mm. while they were playing VT and that was kind of prepping the next shot and stuff, but they weren't quite ready by the time we were mm. ready. So it was like it was that stuff that kind of added to the time overall. Um, yeah, it didn't seem to... Uh... None of the scenes were particularly complex in terms of motion or handling of props or anything like that. It, it was not like, oh, prop caps collapsing, so therefore we need to, to, yeah. to go back and do through. I think 90% of the delay was coming through trying to present the scenes in an order that was... Cohesive. Uh, pal- yeah, it was, I was going to say palatable to the audience, but that's not the right word. It, it just made sense. And I think that's where the main slowdown was, moving, literally mm. moving 30 foot to one side and setting everything up in the cameras and, and that kind of and thing. And the steady cams and stuff, so that stuff had to be dealt with and had to that's, take well, it It's, it's an interesting dilemma, really, because it's like you want to make it as good an experience for the audience as possible, and obviously that means doing it yeah. in order. Yeah. And, but at the same time, if by doing it in order you cut, you're making it last an hour longer than it Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what, what's the right answer? Yeah. There's no way of getting yeah. it right without confusing someone or getting it wrong, and like, oh, we forgot to do that scene because we put these two scenes together, these don't work anymore. Compromise. It, yeah. was, it was definitely presented in a way that was favourable, or their working was presented in a way that was, that was favourable to the audience. They, were, mm. they, weren't, they weren't cutting corners to try and keep things quick or anything yeah. like that. It was... And like I say, I think some of that's because some of the gags had good reveals. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's all kind of prep for the stage show in a way. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. 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 I still can't I'd believe that that could be a reel. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do forget. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Yeah. We'll wait and see. Yeah. So, um, sets, costumes, lighting, direction, discuss. How is the show's visual look? Direction was north. Um, <laughs> What was the Forwards. first one? <laughs> the sets. The sets are lolly lolly. Without giving um, anything away. Yeah, without giving anything away. Um, there is a guest set for this episode which took up um, where the audience would be. Um, oh. to, to some degree. Yeah. To some degree. It wasn't like, it didn't detract from any of the seat, like the amount of seating they had. It just it moved, kind of it, it moved us. Yeah, it moved us. Yeah, it was around the side and it fitted lo- right into the corner. Sixty percent of the left hand side of the audience couldn't even see that set. It was yeah. really kind of just out of the way. So using, using as much space as possible. Cause yeah, it was, it, it was literally down the side yeah. of it's the a smaller racking. stage than Shepherdson. Yeah, yeah. Which is so, weird because it doesn't seem like that being there. No. Yeah, because you went to both. Yeah, we'd seen we'd seen the Shepherdson. Yeah, I was I was I was 
Um, Lucky enough to see some of series ten. Um, everyone's been talking about how how blue Starbug is, and I would agree. <laughs> on my, camera, I, on, yeah, it's it's it is much bluer than Starbug has ever been. Like in right. terms of thing, but in terms of like ha, like Starbug being blue, it, it it's not unprecedented. It's yeah, series five has a very blue Starbug, but I think it's just because it is quite blue that everyone's really noticing it. <laughs> but it does detract from all of the the you know the the green parts, like the back door is meant to be green, and well, so the thing the thing to remember as well is that. What we're seeing is the raw output of the camera. It's not graded, mm. and yeah. uh, that's a big part of the process. I think for a director like Doug, mm. he likes to tinker a lot. In yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, the the green on the inside of Starbucks set when you see it off camera or off screen is is quite green. I think it's just that it's it's like an old aged green, like your great grandma's fucking carpet sort of green, and it's just <laughs> washing out. You knew well. <laughs> There's a few secrets in your family, lad. No, it's more it's more that it's that particular tone of green that's getting washed out badly by the blue or getting or the the blue's overbearing it slightly, but like you said, I think with grading and, and, and so on. It looks great on camera though. It, it does really look good. good. It does look good. And the, the the I don't know if it's the choice of lenses or what, because I don't know that much about TV stuff, but the Starbucks set looks a damn sight bigger on screen than it is yeah. actually. A lot bigger. Ed Moore's big wide angle. He's got a big wide angle. Well, there was lo- there was some shots where like they did like the, the the wide shot of the four of them, and then they remounted for quite a while. And we were you know we 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 thought oh, shit was going on like some some really bad some some has happened because we just heard <laughs> nothing because the Starbucks set is invisible to the yeah. audience. We do not know where that yeah. is. It's kind of just tucked away. So we're Behind just kind the of sat there just like. That. Twiddling your thumbs, waiting for something to happen, and you know Ray's just filling time, but he can't see anything either. So you just cannot see what they're doing, or even whether you know if they're ready or whatever. We just have to hear every now and then, just hear the you know rolling over, and then just the yeah, hand, yeah. Because when I went last week, every time the cameras cut, every time the scene cut, they just switched the logo on the screen so yes. you couldn't see what was going on. Yes, behind yeah. curtains or behind closed doors. Yeah. Uh, mainly because it's not necessary to watch yeah. someone with a camera pointing at the floor. It's kind of boring. You'd rather have something quite yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, it's the rushes. Yeah, yeah that's true. Well, that's Nathan's job. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, but then, the, then they remounted, and obviously the cameras all been set up like on on one shots, and that was interesting actually because they did do everything on like multi camera, which was yeah. like at least four cameras running simultaneously, which I thought was really interesting, and close ups, which was mm. another thing, and lots of steady cam work. Really? Yeah, in this episode yeah, there's lots, lots of, and lots of steady cam work. I think that's different from the norm. Uh, it's very interesting. For any of the previous episodes, steady cam work for this one. It, it does have a really strange there feel were, to it. There were a lot of shots that were motive. They were they were moving rather than camera being in a fixed pace because everybody sat within a room. There were a lot of motion mm. shots, traveling, really, traveling it, shots. It really did look it, the first shot when we saw it. Just looked and there was this little you know float to the camera, mm. and it just kind of pulled back to reveal. Uh, Rimmer and List. There was just like, it just felt really weird to have this kind of sort of, you know, this sort of floaty camera, like this kind of almost handheld feel about it. it just felt oh strange. yeah, I was just thinking very back. very marooned, but that's yeah, marooned was the previous time yeah. I can think of where that's happened. 
Uh, I've said so far from uh, I went to one episode last week on a standby ticket, but I saw from that that Doug's direction seems a lot more confident this time round. Yes, he's just got more time 10. to think about it. Uh, yeah, I think definitely an artifact. He can de- and he is and he is constantly feeding back as well because mm. the, the floor manager's getting berated all the time. <laughs> yeah, that was quite uh, apparent. Yeah, <laughs> hang on, I've just been spoken to. He's always He's always the bringer of bad news as well in terms of the cast. Yeah, it's yeah. like if he turns up, oh god, what now? Uh, what do you think of the cast's costumes then, without um, describing anything that we've not already seen? <clears throat> opinions. Uh, Crichton's costume, I quite liked. I didn't really, I didn't really notice anything. I mean, obviously, it's different, mm. different from ten, but I don't think it's a step down necessarily right. more than it is just kind of plateaued. It's, At it's least the, the mask is the bit I had the biggest problem with, and that's been fixed. Yeah. So I'm quite happy that that is that that's been normalised. <laughs> but and in everything. That. But yeah. There are a few changes that have been made to, to Crichton's outfit and the mask, and there's one or two that I'm not sure about. And I don't know if that's because I've spent so much time in front of a fucking screen trying to model the cunt or what. But the very top of the head plate seems narrower. Like it, it, it just a touch towards taking him towards being a cone head, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the forehead, there's the, the angles on the forehead of Crichton don't seem as apparent to me. But I don't know if that's down to studio and lighting and so on and so forth. I think that's, yeah. that 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 will answer whether or not it is the case on on when it comes to DVD or screen rather. What were the? Uh, were there any good japes from the cast? Any good gags when they fucked um, up? Or? There was a bit where we think that um, Chris might have had a bet with someone whether he could get a middle finger into a scene without being noticed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. A shot of a, a, there's a single shot of a screen that was part of a pickup and he's like pointing at the screen at a various, you know, a various piece and he's like, oh, is this thing here? Oh, but if it's this thing and he's pointing with the middle finger and the audience clocked before they thought that they'd get <laughs> noticed and he's using his middle finger to point and realising that they're just, you know, and then they'd start so pissing about So they got every direction. Yeah. yeah, but they never they never redid that shot, weirdly enough. They never bothered. They must have just gone, oh, we'll just redo that at some other point. But they, they, the fact the audience were really on the mark with that one, I thought was quite funny. Mm. Um, in terms of pissing about, not really. No, I think they were all quite <laughs> well behaved, to be honest. There was, there was like no it was intentional. Deep, yeah. I think they knew it was going to be a tough one, so I think they all tried to sort of behave a little bit. I mean, yeah, uh, there was no intentional to fuck Robert up. was uh, fluffing the lines quite badly towards the end, and he was just effing and blinding, just to, just to sort of vent, I think. More Which is always nice when Robert finally lets loose, because he's quite mild-mannered a lot of the time, <laughs> and then when he turns into a fuck star. And there's one bit, because we can't see, there was one bit in the, in the guest set that uh, Craig did, that I'm not entirely sure was intentional. We heard something and couldn't see what happened. Oh, God, yes. But we don't know. Well, it'd be interesting to see whether that was intentional or not, because it sounded like something was told to him and he was, like, imp- not improvising, but it was sort of like, oh, do this. And then no one like was told. Like a last-minute thing, yeah. Like a last-minute right. change to a scene, and no one... I, I can't work out whether it was a fuck-up or whether it was intentional. So it'd be interesting to see yeah, whether it was Craig's intentional. Meant to do it, yeah, yeah it was. It, it felt like a fuck up. It was quite was a big fuck up. It took everyone by surprise. It was quite so, a big fuck up if it was a fuck up. But if it wasn't a fuck up, then it was. If it's not, it's very... definitely going on the smeg outs because that is definitely a fuck up. Well, that is definitely yeah. a worthy smeg up. There was a rattle bang and a clatter. Nathan, if you're listening, sort it out. Yeah. <laughs> we need this footage. Yeah, Nathan. Eventually. And there was also one moment that really, really fucked up Chris. 
uh, which is which for due to my notes is the third fourth gaff of the night which <laughs> I can give you the gaffs in order for the first couple if you wish yeah I imagine he ran out of space quite soon well I didn't, I didn't I didn't count them all but I thought it would be interesting to note that the first fuck up of the evening, of the evening went to Chris the second and the third were Craig's <laughs> but the fourth was Chris's again but something happened that caused his fourth fuck up and it was something that was relevant to the plot but it was something that he didn't expect to happen in an action that he was doing and it just completely threw him fucked his line up th- I know it's, it's, you've it's, lost me and I was there <laughs> the, the, oh right yeah Oh yeah, okay. It's, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, it's a hard one to yeah. not describe, but okay. when yeah, you that, when that would be that would be. Right, right, we'll we'll come back to this in about a year. Yes, exactly. We can talk about what we can. We'll, we'll, we'll edit yeah. in the new uh, bit. But it was a very interesting thing to see it completely sideblind him to, to, to totally fuck him up with something yeah. that he wasn't expected. Yeah, uh, yeah weirdly, really yeah, something that was meant to happen through him. And if that, I don't know if that. Even though it was meant to happen, something that was meant to happen fucked up Chris because he wasn't expecting it to happen, even though it was meant to. Yeah. Work your head around yeah. that one. <laughs> and we will explain what that means later. <laughs> Alright then, so the episode itself, uh, what kind of story was it? Was it a, a character piece, an ensemble piece, an action piece? Definitely an ensemble piece. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely more, and, and more than just the crew. Yeah, we're good. So <laughs> yes! And guest actors involved. Yeah. Yes, and story. There was a tweet earlier from an actress called Maggie Service. Cervix. Service. Uh, saying, had a great week filming at Red Dwarf HQ. If you're watching live record tonight, you're in for fun, 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 and sun, sun, sun. And we did see her face on the telly box. Right. We, we, well, right. are we assuming that's her? No, it is. I checked earlier. Okay. So, yeah, we have. Well, you can't say well, who she not. is. No. 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 That was just a bit of news. Uh, I looked her up earlier on IMDb. She was a voice of the computer in Hyperdrive. Okay. So that's the first ever Hyperdrive Red Dwarf crossover that I'm aware of. Aye. Mm. So was it... Uh, so no focus on any particular character then? It was... If I was going to put a focus on anyone, I would say Rimmer. But mm. that's not saying much. Okay. I would say it's no. like Some fifty. Of, it's like fifty-five percent river and then adventure. Yeah, really? I'm not sure. I agree. It's with that. it's 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 just because it's it's. It seems to it. It feels like it's more about Rimmer, but it's not really. It the, the way the way it's written feels like as if it's going to be a Rimmer plot, and turns out not really to be about. Mm. But that's what it feels like. It feels like it's more of a Rimmer story, but it it goes. It doesn't really go that far with it. That's that's I don't know I don't know how to phrase it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the difficult. It seems one. like it's a tricky one to talk. Knowing yeah, things, it is. Yeah, because it would. Yeah, because it would. It would mean. A, a I mean, there's, there's, there's elements of it that are very reminiscent of other dwarf. That was my next question. Ah, what? There's uh, two episodes that it, it sort of touches on. As in one, one in dialogue and one in plot. Deliberate. Back references. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Genuinely. Very calling fucking back. Like, like Proper call hammer box. on the head. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> no, no, no question about there. it. No. <laughs> no specifics there, but that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah, deliberately harking back to. Uh, it, t- it, it, it connects to right. another plot which we've had before. Mm. Which was a good Laterally. One. Yeah. Like, not like, oh, this has a therefore. It's, it's like, oh, this is like this. And, yeah. Okay. And. Uh, but in terms of like the feel of the episode or the, or of what you saw, did it was it reminiscent of any particular series? Because you know everyone comes out saying it was a bit. Yes. Like Funnily enough, like it this. reminds me of um, um, 
Oh, I don't know if I can say it. But that, that, that might give too much away. Say it, we can always censor it. Um, I think, it, weirdly enough, it reminds me of Entangled, but not in that. It it's it. It feels like a very series ten episode. Like and yeah, it's really strongly again. Maybe cut it, but it's really fucking strongly reminiscent of Marooned for me. Mm. It's the flip side of the coin. For oh Marooned yeah, yeah. In, because in, of that whole intercharacter there relationship. Is a, there is a long. A, um, there's a long dialogue between uh, two. Lister and I don't know if I can say this. There's a long, long dialogue between two characters, mm. um, which is beep and beep. <laughs> um, well, I've I've got no idea what you're talking about, so I think we're fine to leave it in. You've not given it. Okay, so it, there's a long dialogue between Lister and Cat that okay. goes on for spoilers. They're going to talk to each other. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's but there's a longer dialogue than I've I think I've ever seen them have. It's a long conversation. It's kind of weird. They've never forth. really had as long. A but it's it's it it's it's definitely intentional because it's reminiscent of earlier series dwarf, but it's also playing on character relationships and how they all relate to one another and how they have related to one another mm. historically and how the dynamics of that can change over time and we're well aware that the dynamics of the relationships between them all have changed when we've got to 10 and 11 because they're shall we say more tolerant of one another they're re- yeah they've been alone for an extra 10 exactly years. they're, they're yeah. resigned to the fact that this is our company but it's, you are my company whether or not I fucking like you so I've got to get yeah. used to you sort of thing and I don't know how it feels just well, you know, instead of my ass for a week. Look, shut up! I washed my cock specially. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because you, you see Lister and Cat talking for quite a quite a while, and it becomes apparent that you've never really seen that happen for yeah. as long as you have. Like in any episode, it's kind of strange. And I did wonder if it was going to get a little bit quarantino points as well mm. with that whole thing. <laughs> so uh, that sounds like a cue to move on. So overall, non-spoilery thoughts and opinions. It's very good. Very good. It's very I really good. Like it. Yeah, um, it's very good. It's it's it it does something that I don't think. In fact, it has it has done something that Dwarf has never done. Before. Agreed. I think it's going to surprise people. This one. I think it's. Um, yeah, I've I to memory cannot think of any, a situation where this has happened on an episode of Red Dwarf before. Yeah. Full frontal nudity. Um, well, actually, yes. Oh, no, accidental yes. spoilers. Yes, <laughs> there is full frontal nudity. There are there several is. counts of full frontal nudity, in fact. Yeah. Okay. I've got a feeling that's another thing that's going to become more apparent. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, any other notes? Craig said spuff. <laughs> spuff. <laughs> spuff. <laughs> what is spuff? Spuff got a very funny reaction from Ray. She wasn't expecting it. I mean, it's it, it's. Him saying Spuff was contextual to a scene, but the actual saying of Spuff was not relevant whatsoever. But it's Craig's way of describing stuff that they put in a can. It's spuff. Spray. Spray can, spray specifically. Spuff. Spuff. <laughs> stuff that you spray out of a can. I thought that was really funny. Oh, his exact it. phrase was stuff that they spray in a can, but I don't think that's quite what he meant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. Mm. Okay, then. So, wrapping it up, what was the scene count, approximately? It was a very hard one to tell, given feed VTs If we assume things. that they're... Do we, do, now, when we do this, do we include what would be model shots? Because there yes. potentially are a couple of model shots in there that we as haven't be, as even best, been shown. As best as you can tell. I would say I would say between 15 and 17 yes, without model as shots. Far as we but we don't know tell. how many of them okay. are going to be. But there's, there's clearly other shots to go in. 
we haven't seen. So if we call it 15 to 17, that means the total so far is 79 to 99. <laughs> well, that, that's just going to grow exponentially. Yeah. <laughs> it's at least between 101 and 575 <laughs> scenes. Between one and all the numbers. And the Smeg count? Uh, there were four that were clearly within the script. Oh, um, yeah. And there were one. There were one. Please hit me. There were one. Face holes. There were one. There were one impromptu one. There, there, were, there was one that's probably not going to make it past the edit, but right. could well be there. Yeah. Is that for not including retakes or anything? That's no, that's, that's, no, that's, that's for individually identifiable ones. Well, that's a lot because so far the tally was four or five before this. And so a lot of them were from. Nine. I have doubled the smirk. A lot of them are from <laughs> the same character. Oh. And a tiny teaser for the episode, please. Um, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to go with glow sticks. Yeah, glow sticks. Glow sticks. Glow sticks. That's glow sticks. Glow sticks. <laughs> That's right a then. Let's uh, stop recording now so you can tell me exactly what that means. Uh, next week's set report will return to its usual written format and we'll be attempting to round up any non-spoilery details that we haven't already covered in Series 11 so far. So, if you've got any unanswered questions, let us know in the comments on GNT by tweeting at Ganymede Titan, or by emailing admin at Ganymede.tv. Our diligent reporter, me, will attempt to answer all your queries next week, providing that it's not just a request for the entire transcript or anything like that, because that would be a stupid thing to ask for. Uh, Dwarfcasts themselves will be back with another commentary in a couple of weeks to tide you over in the gap between series 11 and 12 recordings. But until then, Ed bye, everybody. Ed bye. Thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcasts, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcasts again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye.